to overcome, succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty, defeat of an opponent to prevail, overpower or overwhelm of an emotion, adversity, a difficult or unpleasant situation, used in a sentence, resilience in the face of adversity. I want to break free. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Overcoming Adversity podcast. This is episode number 28. Somehow we've made it to episode number 28, which is pretty incredible. With Amanda and I's schedule, I don't know how we're doing it. I am Blake Cohen. I'm one of the hosts, and I'm here with the lovely Amanda Marino. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Blake. What's going on? So happy to be here. I'm so grateful for this podcast we do together. It lights up my day. It's a nice little break for us to be able to process through whatever it is we're going through. And we can <laughs> take a break from all the chaos and drama that is our lives. Yes. Not our chaos and drama, just other people's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. So we do have an awesome guest today that I'm going to go ahead and let Amanda introduce. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Amanda, partner of this Overcoming Adversity podcast, which is sponsored by Next Level Recovery Associates, Blake and Ice Company. And we've been trying to schedule this guest for quite a bit, but due to our schedules, um, he's been really flexible. And so we really appreciate that, Jeremy. So Jeremy Plummer um, started a a movement, I want to call it here, which Mm -hmm. really has drawn me to him and really wanted to get to know more about him and his journey um, called Recovery Through Repetition um, in Delray Beach, Florida. And Jeremy is just a, a bright light from what I know. And we're excited to have you here, Jeremy. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, welcome, brother. It's it's nice to finally be able to connect with you after all the texts that we've had back and forth over this <laughs> past month, I think, or longer. Yeah, I mean, you know, with both of our schedules and what we do for a living or what we get to do for a living, it, uh, it can get chaotic sometimes, so it's all good. I'm just grateful that we were able to make it happen. I actually love that reminder that we get to do this, that it's... Yes, a, a gift. It is. It's a gift. Well, so, the, I mean, the, the little I know about what you guys do and, you know, what I know that I do for myself, it's... Uh, you know, considering what life used to be like, it's it's pretty amazing. Again, what I what I get to do today, as opposed to what I had to do before, just to get just to get by. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. So, uh, in classic fashion of the Overcoming Adversity podcast, the first thing that we like to highlight, and the whole point of this podcast for anybody listening for the first time, is that we like to highlight uh, people's adversities but not just because they went through something bad. We want to highlight the fact that they were able to overcome that adversity. And the hope is that with these stories that we're putting out there of all of our amazing guests is that somebody out there has, is currently going through the same thing, has gone through the same thing, or may go through the same thing in the future. And we'll find hope and inspiration in these stories that they too can overcome. And we've had so many different types of people from all walks of life, come on here and tell a bunch of different types of stories. So again, Jeremy, we're happy to have you on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is that you struggled with and tell us how you got there. Yeah. So, um, I just like to throw it out there that I did struggle with, with addiction and alcoholism, but, uh, you know, we can go obviously on a whole tangent on that. But, um, for me, you know, one of my biggest struggles outside of that has just been um, like self-confidence. Like I've always been my own worst enemy. And that, uh, that led me into, you know, into wanting to numb my feelings out through drugs and alcohol, but um, really just 
being my own worst enemy and, and creating adversities for myself through, you know, not thinking that I'm good enough, um, you know, countless insecurities and just letting that kind of manifest itself throughout my life and, and really limit my ability to give myself opportunities or follow through with things. So, um, you know, I've really been my, my biggest adversary, at least up until about four or five years ago. I think a lot of people struggle with that and to be so vulnerable and, and open and honest as a man when that's, you know, sometimes, you know, when men are growing up, they're told not to share that vulnerability and not to share their insecurities. I, I, I commend you for that because that's true strength and courage. Well, and that's, that's honestly, um, you know, getting to the point where I am today took a lot of, of different kinds of, of pain and, and bottoms, you know, to, to different levels. But, uh, you know, I've learned over time that getting vulnerable and being real and authentic is, is something that helps, you know, unlock that door that allows you to walk through and, and get to the other side. It's so true. And I, I think that um, it's such an important piece of what you're saying. Cause again, like most of our guests come on and a lot of them do have substance use issues, but it's never about the substances. It's always about something deeper and having that lack of self-confidence uh, for me is exactly the same reason I was using is that I just mm -hmm. never felt good enough or comfortable in my own skin. Never. And right. to me, substances were a way for me to separate away from that feeling. And it started off of just me trying to escape for a few minutes each night to then all of a sudden becomes a full blown addiction as a, it sounds like is what happened with you. Yeah. hundred percent. Like for me, um, it was like an identity thing. Um, <laughs> you know, not to sound conceited or anything like that, but like throughout high school and my, in my younger years, I was a, a multi-sport athlete. And, um, you know, with that came popularity and a lot of friends and, you know, just the social aspect of things. And uh, through a sequence of events, I didn't end up going to college to, to play any sport. And I ended up staying in my hometown. And, uh, you know, really at that point, the only things that I were good at were, were kind of partying and being social in sports. And then you took sports away from me and I'm in my hometown just partying and being social. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just identified as an athlete and when I didn't have that anymore. I was kind of just like lost. And, uh, hmm. you know, it took some time to, to figure it out. Yeah, I totally, totally get that. Identifying with something your whole life. You know, I, I can relate to the entertainment industry and, and I destroyed um, those opportunities. And that was how I identified my whole life from when I was four years old. And when I destroyed those opportunities, I didn't know what else to do with myself when I was like isolated in my addiction. So I totally relate to that. Yeah. And then, I mean, like even moving forward, um, you know, I just had this idea in my head that I just wanted to like make my dad proud and my family proud. So I would, you know, try to follow in his footsteps or do different things that I thought that would make him happy and proud and none of it was fulfilling me or any of my needs. And so, you know, inevitably it would fall short and I would, I wouldn't follow through or, you know, I would stop showing up or whatever it was. And, um, you know, that was something that I chased for a while and it wasn't until I had a conversation with him, you know, in regards to that stuff. And, and he just encouraged me to, to do what made me happy. And, uh, and that, that would make him proud. And like, what a revelation that was for me to, you know, all this time I was thinking that I had to be just like him in order to make him happy when he just wanted me to be my best self and that would make him the most happy. It was, uh, you know, unfortunately it took me into my mid-20s to figure that out. You know, it sounds so simple, but uh, 
you know, I, I chased that idea for a long time, almost, almost to death. So, yeah, you know, again, no, I, it was just something. I think so many people could relate with that piece of, and cause I know I can at least is that I sort of like created this expectation for my parents of what they expected of me and this person that I was supposed to be. And when I felt like I wasn't matching up to that, just the level of shame that it caused within me really also led me more towards trying to escape. And it wasn't until I really, I got sober where I realized my parents don't care. And in general, parents don't care what their kids do, or they don't really have those expectations. They're completely made up in our own heads. 100%. Absolutely. So what, what, give me a, give us some like insight into let's say your last week of using, like where, where were you? What did that look like? What were you using? I mean, where did yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Um, it's such a, it's such a crazy thing to talk about. Cause again, you know, as I had mentioned, I come from a past of being surrounded by people, you know, uh, lots of friends around me fit, you know, cause I played multiple sports. I've always enjoyed exercise. Um, and playing multiple sports and uh so it went from all of that and i was once just like a recreational you know smoking weed and drinking you know occasional pill or whatever here or there but uh you know over time it progressed and my, my last week looked like me by myself um i'm from indiana um you know my my addiction uh took me to nashville tennessee um where i went to treatment but then i relapsed so my last week looked like me in nashville tennessee in a basement by myself in the dark, contemplating whether I'm going to rob somebody for money or if I'm just going to kill myself. Those were like the only two options that I had. What basement was it? Where, where whose basement? Where I was, I was, I was renting a room in a basement from a woman that I found on Craigslist. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yep. So then what um, was that final catalyst that, that last day of like, where was the thought process? What happened and what made you decide to say, okay, I got to go do something about this. Yeah. So, you know, I became an IV heroin and cocaine user. That's what it ended up looking like for me. And, uh, you know, for anybody that's done something like that, um, for any length of time, if you don't have it after, you know, X amount of hours, you end up getting very sick. So I was very, very sick. Um, again, contemplating those two options, neither of which are anything that I would ever, I ever thought that I would consider, or, you know, would be my only two options. And, um, you know, I think this is kind of where, like, you know, I am a, I believe in God, I believe in a higher power, you know, um, I'm laying there contemplating those two things, and there's a knock at the door. I didn't answer it, because I wasn't sure if it was the cops, I didn't, I just, you know, I wasn't in any uh, shape to really talk to anybody or do anything, so I laid there for a while longer, for probably like an hour, it felt like an eternity, but, uh, Again, there was a knock at the door, and finally, I'm like, you know what, man, screw it. So I get up, I go upstairs and answer the door, and it's my uncle. And uh, he has multiple years in recovery. And um, long story short, my boss had made him aware that I hadn't shown up for work uh, for multiple for a couple of days. I think it was like a Wednesday, so I hadn't shown up Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. And uh, he basically came to that house thinking that he was gonna, you know, come inside and find me dead. Um, you know, fortunately that wasn't the case, but, uh, he just asked me one question. He said, are you done? I said, yeah. And, uh, he made me take a shower before I got in his car. I hadn't done that in probably close to, to a week at that point. And, uh, you know, I went off to, uh, to a center to, you know, I went to a detox and then 
later on came down here and sober ever since. Wow. What, what courage you had to know, you know, getting found in that state and your parents thinking you were, you possibly could be dead. And then just the courage and strength within you, that's definitely a higher power that helped you that day to go and be willing, you know? Yeah. He's, you know, and, and, and uh, he was actually a, uh, a counselor and case manager at the treatment center that I had went to uh, prior to that relapse. And during that stay, he had mentioned something to me that uh, didn't resonate in the moment, but it resonates with me today. And over the course of the last four years, it's something that I hold close to me. And, and he said the word surrender to win. And, uh, you know, in that moment, I think that I did surrender. And, and, you know, one can say I've been winning ever since. So that's something that I hold close to me for sure. Nice. There, there is a weird thing when it comes to addiction that, you know, you, you're ready. I'm sure you were ready for days to stop, but it sort of just takes that one person or somebody to come in and sort of rescue you for a minute. And that just shows you like we can't do this on our own. Because I know for me, I, I mean, it was a week or two of me driving around and doing my thing of thinking in my head, yeah, this is really bad. And I, I got to stop. But I don't have the power to stop myself. So eventually someone is going to stop me, which is, you know, my family did stop me and offered mm -hmm. me to go to treatment. And I didn't fight it. I just said, yeah, sure, I'll go. I'll go right now. Yeah. No problem. And, um, you know, I, I think that that just shows you the pull of those substances. It's like, we know we need to stop. We know we're killing ourselves. We know where it could take us, but we can't do it on our own. So if there's family members out there listening, don't be afraid to go and try to help your loved one. Don't think that, oh, they're going to come to you when they're ready. You need to go to them because they might be ready and they just don't know how to ask for help. hundred percent. I mean, I don't, I honestly, I don't know what would have happened had that you know, had he not shown up that day, you know, if you, if you think about the two things that I was contemplating, if I, you know, attempt to carry out either of those, you know, the only options that I have at that point are death or probably a, a, an institution or a jail, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, Divine intervention, my friend. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Was there, just out of curiosity, was there any thought into how you would rob the bank? At that point, my exact thought was I was going to rob somebody at an ATM as they were pulling money out of it. And there was no after plan from that. Okay. I was just curious. I don't know if <laughs> yeah, you had well, some like elaborate, no. <laughs> elaborate scheme yeah. or. That's a good question, Blake. <laughs> yeah, that is a good question. No, I didn't have a very elaborate scheme. I wasn't uh, equipped for much at that point. Yeah. I don't think when we're in that kind of state that we're like thinking rationally enough to come up with like a full on plan, but like no. the idea of something sounds like it makes sense when you're in an altered <laughs> state of mind. Right. Yeah. I had like sure. a picture of Ocean's Eleven going on in my head of like you having like bringing someone in to distract the security officers. <laughs> and you wearing a fake nose and walking in and yeah. I don't know, with a French accent. I don't know where my head went. So, right. <laughs> um, so tell us then what, because obviously, you know, you've tried a couple times. So when you got into treatment or you started moving forward with your life, what specifically was it that either helps you maintain your sobriety or what, what is that that keeps you spiritually fit and feeling like you'd rather live this life than the one you used to be living? Um, there's a couple key variables. Um, for me, it was the people that I landed amongst when I first, uh, so I went from Nashville down here to South Florida, which was where I resided for the past, uh, little over four years. And, uh, I came down to a sober living environment and I was just lucky enough to land among some guys that we're a few months ahead of me on, on, on this journey and um, we're like totally committed to, to staying sober and doing the deal. And 
that helped me tremendously because, you know, at first I'm pretty, uh, you know, I could go either way. You know, I'm scared. I'm confused. Uh, I'm not sure if I want to be sober or not. I don't even know what that looks like, you know. So uh, had there have been, you know, some guys that wanted to not stay sober, who knows? I could have gone that way. But fortunately, that wasn't the case. And then, uh, you know, some of it, you know, I got to credit the the depths in which I went uh, emotionally and 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 physically as well. Um, you know, I just become like a shell of who I once was. And, uh, I finally kind of decided to take a stand against it. Um, to try to get back to what, you know, the athlete or the, the person that people enjoyed being around, you know, all those things that I, that I used to be, that I no longer was. I just had this idea that I could get back to that point. And, uh, you know, like your core, like your core beliefs and you're back to your moral compass, you know? Absolutely. You know, I come from a good family and, and I had a great upbringing. Like I can't really point any fingers in regards to how it shook out the way that it did. It was all fun and games until it wasn't, you know, and I just, it all happened so fast and, you know, 10 years went by and I was just like, damn, how did this happen? Um, but, you know, uh, you had mentioned divine, you know, divine intervention and I got down here and I was like, you know what, I, there's a reason that I'm still here. Um, I, you know, I had known people that had passed away already from, as a result of, of this disease. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know what, there's gotta be a reason I'm still around. So I'm going to try to make the best of it. And, uh, you know, that's what I've been doing. So you talked about earlier about looking for your identity and you sort of lost it after high school ended and you were this athlete and then you were a partier and Mm -hmm. have you found your identity? And if so, what is it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still discovering pieces of myself all the time, which is, you know, for me, it's beautiful. Um, you know, I continue to try to work on myself, but, uh, and my dad has said this for a long time. I've always enjoyed being of service and it just so happened that I, you know, landed in this life where, um, doing so fills you up and, 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 and kind of like pays you back like tenfold. Um, I've found, throughout this process, the more that I give back and try to try to help others, um, the, the benefits that I receive are, you know, pretty significant. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I, I definitely understand that. And I get what you're saying too, because that was my biggest piece was looking for a sense of identity. And to me, my identity became, I was the guy who was always really high or really drunk. Like that was the guy, it's who I wanted to be because I didn't know who else to be. Right. And then I was also yeah. a mix of who everyone else wanted me to be. So whoever I was with, I was like this master chameleon where I would just turn into whatever I thought they wanted me to be, which yeah, ends up leading to thing. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm sure as you know, then is it, it ends up leading to a bunch of very superficial relationships. And there was only a, yeah. a handful of people who actually knew me. Yep. Yeah. It's funny that i trying to figure it out because I, I don't think that it's ever done you know for me like i i always think that i'm on this path and i sort of know who i am and then things get difficult and all of a sudden i'm like this neurotic mess and constantly in the future and i'm constantly having to check myself and going like okay am i as strong as i thought i was am i relying on my higher power as much as i thought i did and i have to constantly question myself what is my role in this life right now what are, what should i be focused on so it's i get what you're saying there it's a constantly a a discovery process. Yeah. And you know what, like I kind of, at this point, I mean, not always, but, uh, I find a little bit of comfort in, in having that little thought process that you just mentioned, like, 
what is my role in this? You know, why, why is this making me feel this way? Um, and kind of starting to break stuff down as opposed to just immediately going to trying to numb some, you know, trying to numb it out or escape from how I'm feeling like to be not necessarily in control, but to have a better grip on, on my emotions and, and how I, uh, navigate through them um has been a pretty sweet gift that i've you know again it's it's always something that i'm continuing to develop and try to get better at yeah and i think you definitely have um you know shown your work in your community and the mark you're making you know who you are you're leading by example and and that's what it comes you know like we, that's the best thing we can do is show people who we are and just be ourselves and be our true authentic selves i think i mean listen i don't know you too well but from, from what i know of you you've given me that much. You inspire me. I appreciate that. So with that being said, then what is it that you are doing and, and how are you giving back and how does it relate to your adversity? So, you know, again, um, with a fitness background or just being an athlete and things, um, I've been, I've been fortunate in a lot of ways, uh, about in between six months and a year into my recovery, I, I, came across a couple that owned a CrossFit gym in Delray Beach, Matt and Rebecca Campbell, incredible people. And uh, they were the first ones that kind of showed some belief in me, right? And, and they offered to pay for my first certification that I received, the CrossFit Level 1 certification. And then they offered me a job at their, at their CrossFit gym as a coach. And then from there, I became a coach for Temperance Training, which is an incredible nonprofit organization down here um, in, in Delray and Boca. And I, you know, I was a, a CrossFit coach for them. Um, and then from there, I landed where I currently am at FTX Wellness with Octavio Sefuentes, another incredible guy that's helped me tremendously on my journey. Um, and I started working with, with treatment centers, um, just implementing fitness into their day um, and just trying to make them feel better from the outside. Obviously, we, you, know, you guys both know that this is kind of an inside job and that the important work is done internally and, and clinically. But... Uh, you know, I found for myself, like the hour at the gym that I used to get would change my perspective on matters and, and, you know, oftentimes brighten my day. So our idea was to try to, again, just, you know, for an hour of their day, try to build them up from the physical aspect and get them feeling better. And uh, so that's where I started here. And it, and it worked, you know, I, a lot of the people that I worked with um, would tell me how, you know, it made an impact on their lives. And that made me feel really good. Right. So. Uh, I used to work an admin shift here from four to 8 PM. And, um, I had four to five covered five to six covered six to seven covered with clients, but I had the seven to 8 PM slot that I didn't have anything to do with. And, uh, one night I was just like, you know what, I wonder if I can get some people in early recovery that shouldn't be on Atlantic Avenue or doing whatever on Friday night. They're probably bored, like wondering what the hell this life is about. What if I can get them over here and, and get them working out. We'll grab some food after, and you know they can go home, shower, and call it a day. Mm. And uh, I kind of put it out there, and we started doing it. But like only my friends were showing up. You know what I mean? Like uh, people that were just going to support me blindly, regardless. And uh, there was like three the first week, two the second week, the third week. Just my one buddy Bryce showed up, and we talked a little bit. And I was like, you know what, man? Should I even keep doing this? And he's like, yeah, man, stick it out. Like nothing, nothing worthwhile comes easy. Just keep you know, it's a good mission. Just keep, yeah. keep showing up. And, uh, you know, sure enough, the next week, 13 people showed up with some new people that, you know, were just in the early day, you know, early weeks, early stages of recovery. 
the next week, like 20 people showed up and then 30 and then 40. And then I was just like, wow, okay, maybe there is something to this. And um, I used to just call it Friday night at the barbell, like just a little play on words, you know? And then Mm -hmm. uh, eventually I was, I was sitting at home one day. I'm like, you know what, this could actually really be something. I'd had some experience with temperance training and their nonprofit. And I know that the power that can be in those rooms and, and what it's done for me and other people. So I'm like, you know what, I want to try to do the same thing, you know, eliminate the CrossFit stigma that a lot of people can't seem to get past for whatever reason. Um, and that's when I came up with recovery through repetition. And, you know, I've been very fortunate that uh, Octavio and everyone here at FTX Wellness, Dr. Katami, um, have supported it wholeheartedly and gave me all the resources and all the things I've needed to, to make it special. And, uh, my favorite part of it, and you know, I had like a coming out party where we announced what it was, and there was like 150 people here that night. It was, it was very, very special. And uh, wow, that's awesome! Like, yeah, and we, we usually have about you know, anywhere from 50 to 75 every Friday night, and now we have a yoga class, and then we have another fitness class on Saturdays. And um, we're making a huge community impact. And when you show up, and I mean, I can from Blake and I's experience, when you show up with your mission and your passion, and you stay consistent, you know, in spite of adversities that that come up along your journey like you said a few people come into the first few classes and almost wanting to give up and you you kept persevering and look you know now you have what you have you've built a community yeah yeah and it's you know it's one of those things that kind of helps me tell people with confidence that um if you can find something you're passionate about and pursue it wholeheartedly like inevitably some good things are going to going to result from that and you know that's been true for me that's awesome i know for me when i came into recovery to share with you i was um 200 and something pounds and i had woke up from like a 10-year blackout and thought i was still like really lean and fit and i just didn't know what happened to me and i've been and fitness has been like as, as important to me as meetings meditation prayer sponsorship since the since day one for me and that's 13 years ago so you know i know what it can do for people's mind like i can get rid of the crazies when i go work out in the morning and be a better mom be a better employee be a better woman in recovery you know because my mind is right yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I feel about it. I say that to, you know, the people that I get to work with all the time, you know, outside of the stuff that I do, you know, my 12-step recovery things and sponsorship and, and all of that, um, exercise and fitness has been, you know, right there as far as importance. Absolutely. I love all the plays on words, too. That's like, I love, like, the recovery through repetition and Friday night at the barbell. Like I, as a fan of play on words, you've done <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was kind of clever. I can't lie. That's awesome. So like for anyone out there, I mean, you kind of have said it a few times and things you've said, but like, what would you, what would you be your message? Like through your journey, what would you be your message to people out there that might be listening that are struggling with, with, you know, low self-esteem and, and maybe struggling with seeking ways outside of themselves to feel better? Like, what would you say? That's such a, there's so, it's a pretty loaded question. Um, fear is a liar. Uh, I've learned that it took me a long time to just be willing to walk through fear. Um, the people that you surround yourself with are, is just so critical, you know, so important. Um, so proud of the people that, that I have in my life today that are just such good examples of who I want to be and what I want my life to look like. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, that almost cost me my life. You know, fortunately, you know, there was, an, you know, God intervened and, and someone showed up, at, literally showed up at my doorstep giving me help. But 
you know, I passed up on help countless times that could have, um, you know, avoided years of heartache. And, um, you know, you're just, you're, you're worth it. No matter what you've been through, the things that you've done, um, you know, they can all be reconciled. At least most things can be reconciled. And uh, you don't have to be a prisoner of your past. You know, you can, you can create a, a better future for yourself. It's just going to take a little hard work and, and dedication, but you're worth it. Such a good answer for a loaded question. Power. That was a power answer. I could feel it in my heart. I feel it in my heart and gut because I feel like, you know, I think you, you get it on a level that a lot of people in recovery don't. I think a lot of people sell themselves short and think like, all right, I got sober and this is all it's going to be. And it's like, no, you, now you're sober and you can accomplish anything in the world that you put your mind to and nothing is out of reach. And asking for help is like the, the one thing that can save your life. So those, there's so many good things that you said. And it's just, I, I love that you just said that because um, not that being sober isn't enough because that's just not true. Um, for a lot of us, that in and of itself is such an amazing accomplishment and you should be so proud of that. But for me, I did get to that point where I was like, there's got to be more. And, um, you know, fortunately, again, I had some people in my life where I saw people around, you know, the Matt Williams of the world, the, the Octavios and, and uh, that were doing more you know, um, that were trying to achieve their dreams. Now that they had eliminated a lot of the obstacles, they were able to chase after all the things that they wanted. And uh, that's what I wanted for myself. And it just opened up so many doors, you know, such as this, totally. you know, getting to talk to you guys. And it's, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. There are no limits, really, once you get, it, get out of your own way. Yeah, if there was, for me, if there was nothing else to look forward to, like I needed, it, it, it would just... I'm the kind of person it wouldn't, I needed, it doesn't mean I have to have like, you know, um, a yacht and like a man, but if there wasn't more to gain for me, I wouldn't have stayed. Like if I didn't have goals and, and things and additional help, like outside of like my sobriety in addition to, like, I'm so grateful for my sobriety. I wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff, but I needed to have more to look forward to for me to have that fire lit inside me. Yeah, exactly. Well, awesome, man. I appreciate the story and the, the inspiration. It was, it was awesome. Seriously. I appreciate so you having me. We do have one little last segment that we like to surprise our guests with. And I was actually happy to hear before we started that you hadn't listened to a full podcast episode yet. Cause it's always <laughs> fun. It's more fun to surprise somebody with this. Um, we have a segment here called let it out. So we, the point of this is, is that everybody in our lives have, everybody's life has some major adversity or multiple major adversities that they have to overcome. But at the same time, there's also small daily adversities that just kind of chip away at us. And sometimes we just have to let it out and just share it because a problem shared is a problem cut in half. So my question for you is what is it that you'd like to let out today? Two things. I would like to work towards repairing uh, my relationship with my mom, who is arguably one of us, um, you know, that's obviously for her to say, but uh, as I've gotten sober and she is not, it's, it's created a, you know, a rift in our relationship, which is difficult. And then um, I can be passive aggressive sometimes with the people that I care about the most. So I, I need to work on that for sure. Okay. Those are good. Amanda? <laughs> <laughs> that's heavy um 
I let it out is that I want like a nice Monday chill, a chill Monday morning <laughs> once a week, like once, a, once in a while, like today was just like insanity from the point that, you know, I didn't, I didn't fully read all the emails sent from the distance learning support. And apparently since we went to SeaWorld over the weekend, I had to pick up my daughter and she can't go back now all week. So that put a nice wrench in, in everything. Um, so I guess I'm just going to try to make the best of it and go with the adversities that come my way. Maybe we're meant to spend a little more time together. Like we went in the pool for lunchtime um, in between my work stuff. So um, I guess maybe it's more of just letting go and accepting the adversities as they come than, than being annoyed at them. Okay, I dig it. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess mine is, you know, I don't know what it is, and I probably can look at it and say it's a lack of sleep over the last week or so that is getting to me for whatever reason. I just can't fall asleep. I can't stay asleep. I'm waking up early in the middle of the night. Um, part of it is my cats. So I have to blame them a little bit because <laughs> they're driving me nuts right now. My, my, one of my cats has this thing where he likes to go to the bathroom now in the middle of the night and the litter box isn't far from my bed. And I don't know what his, his deal is now, but every time he goes to the bathroom, he like literally creates an earthquake in there and like shakes the entire litter box, scratching it and it goes on forever. But then now he gets out and makes this weird cooing noise for like 25 minutes, just running around the bed going like, I'm like, what is that? You got to record that, Blake. That's kind of yeah. comical. That'd be a funny video. The funnier part would is me yelling at the cat. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, he's going to answer me. And But I don't know if that's it or what the deal is. But for some reason, I'm living in a place of fear right now. Fear and anxiety where I almost, and this again, this comes up for me like maybe once a year, once every other year. But I just feel like, not to sound dramatic, but I almost feel like crippled. Like I just want to shut down and I can't figure out what it is. And it's just that tight feeling in my chest that I can't seem to escape at the moment. And maybe it's sleep, but it's also feeding into my inability to sleep along with the cats. And I'm like, I'm just in a weird place right now. That's heavy. And I, I can pinpoint quite a few things that could possibly be. How about our business, you know, balls to the wall, your master's program. Um, you know, you have a lot of stuff. So I, I could pinpoint some because I feel a lot of those too. So we have a lot, a lot of moving pieces and someone, sometimes it's overwhelming. Yeah. And not to turn this into a therapy session for me, but like, I just don't know. I don't know where it's going. And, you know, when you don't see an end, to it, then you know that it's like, okay, I have to work on myself internally because externally the, the stimulus is not going to stop. It's just going to keep increasing. So like I need to figure out internally how to find peace. And it's like the dichotomy though is uh, like I'm so busy that I can't find peace. So I, I have to really get honest with myself and take a moment and sit down and go back to basics, I think. Um, yeah. And just escape for a moment. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel that. Yeah, that's good. I've, I've been there too. It's just like, uh, eventually what happens, at least for me, is my capacity starts to increase. You know, you kind of just fall into a groove of the busyness. I mean, obviously I don't have experience with what you guys are doing and it's so impactful and so amazing. But, uh, you know, I asked for my capacity to be increased and over time it did. 
And you know what else would help is if you came to a Friday night at, at FTX for recovery through repetition. I think oh, we're definitely going to do that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, also like, you know, a few things that are, are we've, you know, brought on a couple additional staff. I think that we're, once we feel that, I think we'll feel a little bit of breath. You know? you know, if I'm being totally honest, and I feel like I've always vowed to be honest with all of our listeners and everybody that like where this anxiety truly kicked in was the release of that article on Friday. Oh. Um, there was, um, Jeremy, like there was this article that I was featured in. It was, and it was titled Heroes of Addiction Crisis. And then mm. it was like my name and it talked a bunch of stuff. And the whole narrative was not really meant to be about me. I tried to keep it more about like educating people and the, mm-hmm. the narrative was good, but I hate that word hero. And I get that when I'm tired and all of that, it goes into a place of like, what are people going to think about this, the title of this article? And I'm like way overthinking it is the reality of it. And that's where like this anxiety really kicked in. And I, uh, so I let it go. Let it go. Let it burn. It's a killer article. You're a great writer. Let it go. You're educating a lot of people with it. It's amazing. I'll send it to you, Jeremy. It's great. Yeah, I'd love. I'd love to hear it, or I'd love to read it rather. Well, thanks for letting us share. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's great. I love it. Uh, you know, we get to connect a little bit, so it's cool. Can totally. I share? Can I share one more thing about uh, recovery through repetition? Yes, please, yeah. and tell tell people where to find you, where how to find you know how to find your organization. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we do it all. Again, I'm very fortunate to have the backing of, uh, of everyone here at FTX Wellness, which is in Boca Raton, Florida. You can go to www.ftxwellness.com to, to get the address and see what we're about over here. Um, but what I wanted to mention is one of my favorite things that we do with recovery through repetition is it kind of stems from what Matt and Rebecca Campbell did for me and um, in regards to paying for my for me to take the, the CrossFit level one course, we, uh, we do take donations at all these classes. I mean, everything is free, but we do encourage people to donate if they have the ability to do so. And what we do is we, we, uh, you know, we have a bank account set up for the, you know, it is a, an official 501 3C nonprofit. So you got to do everything the right way. But, uh, we use those funds to pay for people with a year or more of sobriety to take the Axiom Fitness Academy course, which is an eight week course that, preps them for the, uh, the NASM CPT uh, certified personal trainer certificate, which is like one of the most highly accredited that you can get. And there's a, you know, the Axiom Fitness Academy is a local um, course ran by Joe Drake and, and Josh Gangler, who are just incredible guys that have helped me on my fitness journey. So um, just trying to provide purpose for people like, like the Campbells did for me. And uh, we've had three, we were able to give away three scholarships so far. And one of those guys already works for FTX, which is great. And um, the other two are well on their way. So it's just, uh, I'm just really, really proud of that. Um, I know how much it's done for me and, and I can only hope that it can do the same for other people. That's awesome. I love it. That's really cool. So, all right. Well, I appreciate your story, man. I appreciate all the share and I appreciate everything that you're doing for people today. And recovery through repetition sounds awesome. I definitely have to make it to one in the very near future. Jeremy, that. do you have a uh, Instagram, Facebook? Like where can people find you? Yep. My personal is at jplum, J-P-L-U-M, the number 219. Uh, recovery through repetition is at recovery through repetition. The Facebook is, you know, at recovery through repetition. The website is www.wertr.org. 
And uh, yeah, my personal Facebook is, is Jeremy Plummer. So you find me on any of those. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. And uh, Amanda, you want to take us out? Yes. So um, our podcast, Overcoming Adversity, is sponsored by Next Level Recovery Associates, where we provide interventions, coaching, case management, corporate education, and anything to do with addiction. Um, and you can find Blake Cohen and I on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Amanda Marino Recovery. Blake's is Blake Evan C. Am I right? Yep. And then we're both on LinkedIn. We have a Next Level Recovery Associates um, and Overcoming Adversity podcast Facebook pages, and we're on LinkedIn. That, well, that's about it. So thank you everybody <laughs> for listening to episode number 28. We had an awesome guest today, so I hope you all enjoy this. If you guys have a chance, do us a favor and whatever podcast place you're listening to this podcast on, I, none of that was English, what I just said, by the way. Uh, but you guys get the point. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, do us a favor and leave us five stars if you enjoy it. It really helps us. It helps the algorithm. Like it, share it, do whatever you got to do. But we appreciate you guys. Have a good rest of your day, and we will see you in a couple weeks. I want to break free.